0: Anderson Hauser. Anderson Hauser is a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. They provide process solutions for flow measurement, level, pressure, temperature, analytics, and much more, optimizing processes and efficiency, safety, and environmental impact. They serve many industries across the globe, including a focus in oil and gas. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. Today my guest on the show is Craig Corbel. Craig We've known each other for a little while, but I always just call you Craig. Is it Corbel or Corbell?
1: Well, Corbell is the way I've always been used to saying it, so that's kind of what I go with.
0: So the emphasis is on the bell. You ring a bell with everybody.
1: That's right. Ring that bell. Makes it more exciting.
0: Speaking of ringing the bell, as I said, we've knowing each other, I guess, sort of casually meeting each other at various different industry events and that sort of thing over the years. But recently you were asked and graciously consented to coming on the board of the API Houston chapter. And when you were introduced to the board, you gave a little bit about your background and I found that rather interesting. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I kind of got my start in the industry working with a oil and gas service company that provided some patented tools to primarily the offshore drilling and completion industry. And then from there, I ended up working with the company Hamilton Engineering for many years, and we
0: provided... If you're in the Houston area, for sure, a well-known name.
1: Right. Yep. And that was, you know, it was a great time working for a great guy. And we. the nice thing about it is we got to be involved in projects all over the United States and touched on projects nearly in in every country in the world. And boy, what a training ground and The ability to be involved in stuff everywhere led to getting to know great folks all over the world and particularly in any oil and gas producing region of the United States. So it's kind of interesting to be driving through some part of the country that you wouldn't normally think of oil and gas. And there's some pump jacks.
0: Yeah, a lot of times that's the case. Now, speaking of parts of the country, what part of the country are you in right now?
1: I am in Houston right now. Actually, I am downtown looking at the skyline
0: and Houston's not a not a bad skyline for those who have never been here so so from Hamilton Engineering because I didn't know you during that time period what happens after that.
1: Well, during the time that I was there, I was fortunate enough to be able to buy a another service company. It was a slickline, gas lift and packer company that got me exposed a little bit more to the production side and Hamilton Engineering got bought out by a kind of a venture capital group and after my contract was up, I used my slickline gas lift and packer company and slowly phased out of that business and and got in the engineering and consulting business through my other company, Continental Production Services. And that kind of segued a little bit into one of my main focuses these days, which is advanced safety and training. Whenever I bought the Slickline company, we needed somebody to help us manage our safety department. And we outsourced it to a great guy, Mike Pochet, that owned Advanced Safety and Training. And I've basically worked with the guys ever since then. Mike ended up selling out to a bigger company. And when oil and gas prices collapsed, that company went through a bunch of changes. And I was fortunate enough to know the management that ended up with that company and was able to purchase advanced safety. And uh, that's kind of one of my main areas of focus now is helping run advanced safety and training. And we've also since bought a company, Global Safety and Environmental, based out of Lafayette. So we're growing the business.
0: Okay. So that's going to be the focus of of our discussion. And I'm going to get there in, in just a second, except I'm going to take a minute to do a little shameless advertising for the API Houston chapter. We are proud of the fact that we're an internationally claimed HSE podcast. We're heard in over 100 Countries. The fact of the matter is, our largest audience is in Houston, and I'm currently the and soon to be the outgoing chairman of of API Houston Chapter. But I want everybody to know, especially if you're in the Houston area, there are a lot of benefits to to being involved in the Houston Chapter, and you can even be involved if you're not in Houston, because one of the primary things API Houston Chapter does is they have established uh, endowed scholarship funds for petroleum engineering students at five major Texas universities, including Texas A&M and the University of Texas. And then also another PE scholarship fund, it's not endowed, but it's actually at LSU in Baton Rouge. And we've, over the past 35 years, we've contributed almost $2.9 million to that scholarship fund, and we're working hard to try to hit that $3 million mark. And so for everybody listening, no matter where you are, you can contribute to that scholarship fund. It's uh, www.api-houston.org. And if you are in the Houston area, one of the things that funds our scholarship fund or what we call our fun events Fun events for the fund, which includes, of course, things like a golf tournament. For those of you listening, on May the thirteenth, we have our sporting clays coming up, and we'd really like if you're in the Houston area for you to to get involved in that. We'd really like for you to get involved in API and Houston chapter and support the scholarship fund. Okay, so let's talk about advanced safety and training.
1: Well, I'll back you up on the API and the API Houston. It's you know I've been attending their meetings and participating in some of their events for years, and it has always been a a great group of people, and, and I'm glad to be associated with it and looking forward to helping promote it and help keep it relevant and hopefully looking forward to the next year's group of speakers and some interesting topics, and I know talking to the folks in our little board meeting the other day, I'm really excited about some of our potential speakers that may be coming and some new technologies and things like that. that The industry is expanding and it's kind of cool where it's going, right?
0: It definitely is. And everybody can keep track of that again by going to that website and we'll put that website in today's show notes. So let's talk about advanced safety and training. Exactly what is that, Craig? Well, You know, historically,
1: a lot of what we did was went out and did uh, third-party training for companies. We managed their entire safety department or as much or as little as they needed us to. Everything from doing their monthly reporting, ISNET, PEC, Aveda, OSHA, stuff like that, to going out and doing training at their facility. You know, one of the things that we're big on is... If you're working and you're doing a job you're for sure not going to be doing it at our training facility so what's important to us is to try to go to the customers site or to the site where the people will be working with the equipment they'll be working with and do the training there because that's the environment that accidents and incidents can happen and the training needs to be done in on that equipment so That's one of the things that's very important to us is we go to the customer. We don't have the customer come to us. But as it's shifted along, we developed our own learning management system. A lot of customers were saying, well, what do you have? What do you have? And we looked at a lot of the company's offerings in the market, and they were spectacular. They provided a lot of information. They have a lot of things that they do. But one of the things we noticed is that sometimes they were so cumbersome and they were so much work, it took almost someone a full time job to just keep that up to date and updated. And it often did not track outsourced or outside training, it only would track the training from within their system and, and their network of online content. So, what we've developed is something that our online training is kept track of on this learning management system. But any live training that we do or any training that you send your people to, all that information can be inputted and can be tracked in our system. That way, you know, when you get an email to say in 90 days, these people need to get this training updated or, you know, in 60 days and 30 days, or this training has expired because oftentimes companies are focused on doing what they do good and safety and training is important but if you don't have an easy way to track it and keep up with it it becomes cumbersome and sometimes things slip through the cracks and we're here to help in any way possible whether it's doing it all or assisting somebody with it
0: so you fill in the cracks that's right and if
1: they have some specific training or something like that that they like or want us to help them create on the online side or the live we can take and take information they have and make some new content, whether it be online training or live training and implement these things. So often you'll say, well, you know, has anybody had CPR first aid training here? And, you know, that's one of those things that we forget. Well, shoot, if I were to, have a heart attack or something, I'd sure want someone to be CPR trained to help me, right? That's important and that's one of those things that we, we don't think about and we think, oh wow, we should really do that. But you know, sometimes you're busy focusing on other things and you don't think, well, this is important. We need to get this done. We kind of try to help help with that. So
0: So you started out your main focus, and I thought this was interesting because you said you know, we go to the customer site and we work with specifically what they work with. And I guess the online stuff, though, I guess that became a little more prominent once COVID hit, right?
1: It did, yes. We had some customers that were asking us, you know, what we had on the online side. And we had a another company that we kind of worked with and had some training from. But sometimes a lot of this training is not relevant. It's not updated. And particularly during COVID, everything was on lockdown. And we really use that time to develop, I think we've developed 150 courses. We have another 150 in development right now with the idea that we know we'll end up in the thousands somewhere, but it's, you know, it's important to educate people on the right way to do things.
0: So take me through this, one of these online courses so I can do that while I'm out on the rig or I'm out on a project or I'm out in a plant right. or.
1: Yep. And you can do it. You can do it before you go to the job. You can do it while you're out there on the job. It is mobile phone accessible. It is laptop accessible, pretty much anything. And these courses are designed that you have to take a test at the end of it too, and you can't just rush through it. So it's designed so that you make sure the person watches and pays attention and they don't just skip through and go answer the questions. We want to make sure that they are acknowledging the context and that they are knowledgeable and have understood what the training is and the principles we're trying to emphasize in that training.
0: That's very important. I actually hate to have to say this. I think people and, and companies' attitudes about safety is changing for the better. But, you know, as you probably can attest to, when, when we first began developing safety programs and, you know, safety meetings and that sort of thing. And of course, you mentioned ISN, you got to have some kind of documentation that you're having regularly scheduled safety meetings and that sort of thing. And and so what would happen is the company would appoint somebody just because he's the guy that, you know, he was the go-to guy or whatever. So what he did was he'd, he'd pull up some article off the internet about safety, print it out, and set it out in the break room or whatever and have a sign-in sheet. And everybody came by and had to sign that piece of paper. And then you kept those papers on file to, to prove you were having safety meetings, you know, and quite frankly, about half the time, nobody ever read the article.
1: Oh yeah, that's a hundred percent it. You know, we're trying to educate people and, you know, there's so many people coming and going at companies and coming and going in the workforce and, you Oftentimes, people don't know what they don't know, so you kind of need to have onboarding training and stuff like that so people have some level of competency of the job they're going to be doing and the job they're doing and the right ways to go about doing it and what not to do. So it's pretty interesting, really. and, And what's one of the things I enjoy about it is we work with so many different industries from oil and gas side to the plastic side to cement plants to big commercial construction projects in the medical center here in houston we've had the staff safety people on some of those big jobs to pipeline safety people to you know managing the entire safety department of companies with 300 and under people for that's kind of our target group we we help people with but You know, we kind of go in and look at what they've got and help them develop a new safety manual or update their safety manual, go do audits of their facility. We work with them on their insurance renewals and work with them on risk management. One of our people is a certified risk manager. We end up kind of consulting for them on the environmental side to make sure that they're best advised as the, the way to do things on that. And, you know, if If they need somebody there all the time, we can have somebody there all the time. If One of the more popular things we do with some of these companies is we'll have somebody who goes and spends a day a month or half a day a month or a day a quarter. Or some places we have people spend one or or two days a week, and they know that on Monday we're going to be out there. So anything safety or training related or anything that we're helping them with, sometimes we help advise people on. HR issues as well, and so they kind of know on Mondays the day we're going to be there, and we get it all done and all knocked out, and, and some ways that help get things done for companies. Because if you have a staff person, it's really easy for everybody in management and everybody at a company to say, "Well, you're here, you can do it tomorrow." But if they know that we're there on Tuesdays and we have to get it done on Tuesdays, we make it a priority to get that done while we're there, and and it's harder for them to. Pass it off and laterize things, and that's one of the big problems on training. Is it gets put off and put off because other things seem to be more important. But nothing's more important than working safely and preventing accidents and injuries. You know, it's
0: critical. That's exactly right. Okay, so Craig, with all this vast experience and you know being able to go on site, deal with people's safety programs, what would you say is? the number one problem that you see?
1: Well, oftentimes we work for some really good companies and they are very good at what they do. But the biggest challenge I see is they don't know what they don't know. They may have been doing it one way for 30 years and have never had a problem. And they think that that's the way to do it. But when we go and, and look at some of these things, we go Wow, this is this is not right. And sometimes they're very proud of some things and and we have to say, "Hey, look, you know, this isn't quite the way you should be doing it." And here's why and educate people and use our knowledge base to give examples of other situations with other companies where the way they're doing it now isn't necessarily the right way to do it or the best way to do it. And uh, just guide both the employees and the management and ownership of, of companies of just cause you've been doing it this way for 30 years and you've never had a problem. Sometimes there's a lot of risk being taken that they don't realize because it's all they know. And our job is to, to go out there and make everything better for everybody and if, if we can't help you we don't need to be there but but if we can help you and there are things that we can do to help you from our knowledge base improve and do things better that's what we're there to do and you know we work for some fortune 500 companies we work for some very large municipalities, assisting them in their training, both in Texas and Louisiana. We've worked in the last three years, we've worked on projects for companies in Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Louisiana, Mississippi, California, Colorado, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, West Texas, South Texas, East Texas, Texas Gulf Coast, offshore, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, South Carolina, Alabama, just a a little bit everywhere. And work with, right now we work with probably 50 different companies on a monthly basis. Well, I should say companies and municipalities. So, you know, we're there to assist people. In any way we can.
0: And you've been doing this how long? When did you start?
1: Well, this company, Advanced Safety and Training, was started in 1994. So, and several of the guys that are working with us have been there basically most of that time. And I have people that work for me that have been in the safety and HR business for 40 plus years that are still out there working with me on projects today. So, we've got a very experienced team in pretty much all kinds of industries, and we love a new project and a new challenge, and love to help people and and help them make things better. Right?
0: Absolutely. That's what's okay. so fun. So somebody would need to go to it's advancedsafetytraining dot com. That's your website, right?
1: That's right. Advancedsafetytraining.com. dot com. A D V A N C E D. Safety com, and we have offices here in Houston and also in Lafayette, Louisiana.
0: Okay, well, we'll be sure and put that website info in the show notes. We'll also put your LinkedIn contact info in the show notes. Craig, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been very interesting. However, just for fun, and especially for people who are listening in the Houston area or for people who, who might be wanting to visit Houston, I guess everybody knows that Houston's not very far from, from Galveston and uh, the Gulf of Mexico, and you got a little bit going on in the in the Gulf of Mexico at in, in Galveston. Is that right?
1: I do. I don't let any grass grow under my feet. I now have several businesses in Galveston. One of the more popular ones is I own the Baywatch Dolphin Tours. That's at 21st and Harborside in Galveston. They're at, at Pier 21 Marina, and we are the actually the number one guided tour in Galveston. That business has been around since 1996 in Kima, in then in Galveston. And we do uh, 45 minute tours every day, 365 days a year, weather permitting, of tours of Galveston Bay. It's Baywatch Dolphin Tours. And we talk about the history of Galveston, the pirate Jean Lafitte, the 1900 storm. And we also entertain folks and show them the Alyssa and the Seaport Museum and Seawolf Park and the old concrete ship that sank out there in the channel. And we go by and tell people the story of the Ocean Star, which is the Offshore Energy Center's rig and museum in Galveston.
0: Absolutely. And API Houston chapter has supported that as well.
1: Oh yeah, they are it's a spectacular place for people to go learn about the industry if they don't know about the oil and gas industry, you can really learn a lot there. And we also have the Haunted Mayfield Manor, which is a haunted house. They're on the Strand in 23rd Street, which is also a Tremont Street, and that building was actually used as a temporary morgue for thousands of bodies after the 1900 storm. And then We have the Pirates Legends of the Gulf Coast attraction, which talks about the history of pirates in Galveston and the pirate captain Jean Lafitte and his Campeche encampment there in Galveston. And we're looking and hopefully should have everything by early summer to have Baywatch Island tours, which will be a 45 minute bus tour talking about the island and highlighting some of the historical places in there and some folks may not know Galveston was the wall street of the south and the largest city in the south prior to the 1900 storm
0: that's exactly right it's got quite the history and it was the port city for the state of Texas that's right before the ship channel
1: that's right yes the ship channel was built after they saw the damage from the 1900 storm and and realized that they needed a better alternative to get stuff in and out, and that led to the the building of the Houston Ship Channel, which is contributes, I think, somewhere around thirty five to forty percent of industry and business here in Houston. That until I heard those numbers, I didn't really realize it. But there is a ton of stuff that comes in and out of the port of Houston, and that helps make Houston what it is today.
0: Oh, it's I think it isn't it like the third most active port in the united states and i believe number, so it's number one in some areas so hey everybody listening if you're in houston go visit galveston it's got a great history it's a lot of fun if you're coming to houston be sure and put uh, galveston on your list in the meantime everybody stay safe let's make sure we all come home safely to our families i want to thank everyone for listening tune in again next week for another episode of oil and gas hse a production of the oil and gas global network Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use. Like us on LinkedIn and use all your social networking to tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Russell. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.